Hello, and welcome to SaaS Marketing Insights, the show where we ask SaaS founders, CEOs, marketers, and investors about the lessons they've learned in their quest to grow their companies. My name is Paul Stevenson, and I'm founder and CEO of SaaS marketing agency, 47 Insights. On today's show, I have an interview with Patrick Campbell, co-founder and CEO at ProfitWell. Hope you enjoy it. Patrick Campbell, Profit Well, welcome to the show. Uh, how's it going? It's going well, man. It's uh, we're heading into like the springtime, right? And so it's um, I don't know when it's going to be published, but it's it's there's a lot of 2019 hope still. Uh, so lots to do and lots to keep cranking on. Great. So um, I'm really I've been watching the the Profit Well story develop uh, over the last well, 12 months in particular. Um, following everything that you guys have been doing in your own marketing. Uh, hence, um, you know, I wanted to uh, get you on the show. So I uh, really appreciate you taking some time uh, to come on and speak with me. I, I know we've uh, rescheduled a few times. You've been really busy. On my phone. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think we first uh, started talking about this uh, in the uh, autumn of last year when I think you did recur your, um, your, your conference. Yep. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, and you were very busy then. And then we bumped into each other, I think, at SASTA <laughs> a, yeah. a few, well, probably a month or so ago now, uh, and uh, tried to reschedule then. So yeah, it's great to finally have you on. So yeah. um, I'm really keen, first of all, for you to explain exactly what Profit Well does, because I know you've got a free offering and then you uh, have uh, some value added stuff on top. Yeah, totally. So we we basically, um, our whole mission is to understand the truth behind kind of how subscription companies work, um, how SaaS and subscription companies kind of get their growth. And with that, what we've done is um, we, we've kind of evolved over time. So I'll tell you where we are and not necessarily how we got there. Um, so we have free offering. Um, it's free subscription financial metrics. Um, it's quickly becoming the industry standard, which we're really excited about. And you plug into your billing system, Stripe, Braintree, Zora, whatever it is. Um, you basically get access to your MRR, your churn, all of those really good numbers. And then you have a bunch of segmentation tools and benchmarks and a bunch of other things that you can go in there. And basically, our goal is to kind of show you what's good and what's bad. Um, and also just what the truth is of your growth. And then based on what we find, we sell you different products. Like we have a product called Retain that helps you reduce your churn. We have a product called Price Intelligently that helps with your pricing. Um, And that's kind of our mission is, hey, we want to give you kind of the insight for free. And then when we help you make more money or help basically with that outcome, that's when we want to charge you. And so, yeah, it's been a fun ride. We're about, you know, 65 people here at this time, um, mostly in Boston. We have a small office in Rosario, Argentina. Um, We're a bootstrapped company. And so... Um, we have to be profitable by design, but we kind of put all the profit back into the business to kind of keep growing. That's fantastic. I didn't know that you guys were uh, bootstrapped. I just thought you were like the, the rest of the, the, the Boston Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> you had some big VC behind you. No, no, we're, we're cranking. Yeah, I think we, we were able to, we had the opportunity to take VC on like in really the early days. Um, it turned into the situation where we, we didn't really know what we'd do with the money. 
<laughs> and so that's, that's like a big thing where, you know, you can raise and kind of figure it out, but we, you know, chose to kind of hunker down and, and basically figure out, you know, what we were doing. And you know, we probably will raise money at some point, but it's just not something we've needed to do, which is, you know, a good thing. And, you know, maybe a bad thing because maybe we should be spending more money to grow, but, you know, it's hard to tell who's, who's right and who's wrong in that kind of dichotomy. So um, how long has ProfitWell been around? Because you were branded price intelligently to start off with, and now that's one of the products. Yeah, so we, uh, so when I say we, it was basically me started price intelligently June of 2012. Um, so it's about six and a half years now. Uh, and that was just, um, we, we sold this kind of pure software product that was a survey tool that was hooked up to our algorithms. So it's basically like you could put in, um, you could send this survey, get responses from your customers, your prospects, whomever, and then basically understand, you know, what the price elasticity was for whatever product you were asking them about. Um, and we very quickly, we, we were asked, Hey, you know, we want help with this. Can you, you know, we'll pay you to basically help us. Uh, and so we kind of moved into what's called a tech enabled service, uh, which basically means that we, um, you know, we essentially, uh, you can't buy us without our software. You can't buy our software without us. Uh, and then that's kind of what rolled the business in terms of like our funding was that we had higher LTV, higher ACV type customers. Um, and that quickly turned into, um, you know, reinvesting to build ProfitWell about two years into the business and kind of rolling from there. Wow. So um, you've, you've come a long way in, a, in quite a short space of time. Uh, some would say, it's not a short space of time, but um, what's really interesting is, is your background because uh, your resume uh, has some really interesting things on it. So tell me what a full scope polygraph is because polygraph, because <laughs> I can guess, I think I know what it is, but uh, you've got an interesting background, I think. Yeah. So I, yeah, I started my career working in the U S intelligence community, um, was basically, uh, just an entry level, you know, um, you know, it was through a program, um, Intel analyst and it was, um, it was probably, and I know this is ironic given that I started and run a company, but it was probably one of the most fulfilling jobs I had, um, because it was working, um, you know, basically, you know, helping protect, you know, the nation and finding bad guys and gals and things like that. And so, um, it was a lot of fun, but it, it did require a full-scale polygraph, which is basically um, when you're getting a security clearance in the United States. And I, 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 interestingly enough, like I can't talk about the process as much. You know, it's like a, you know, you you make a, a lifetime oath on a lot of okay. the stuff you learn. And so, um, but it was interesting is like the um, like the full-scale poly, like you have to go in. They do a psychological exam. They do a credit check, background checks. Um, a really like you have to fill out this this form called the SF eighty six, which is like this very famous form that's like thirty pages long. Um, they go like interview. They interviewed my neighbors from my childhood home. Um, they interviewed all types of different people. Um, and then uh, it was kind of funny because you go in and, and then you have to go through this this lie detector test, basically this polygraph. Um, and it was like, it's, they ask you some, you know, some very intense questions and, um, you're, you're already kind of nervous because of just like the, the pageantry of the exam and things like that. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I got through and, and I really enjoyed the work. Um, it was just working in the government was really bureaucratic. 
Um, and I just, it's, it's one of those things that's really tough for me, like working in bureaucracy. And so I left there and I went to Google, um, and which was another bureaucracy. I didn't know this in my young, <laughs> early twenties naivete, if you will. But, um, yeah, and that was just another bureaucracy for better or for worse. And so worked there for a while and then, um, you know, jumped out into the startup scene here in Boston. And I don't know, there's, there's not really a great common thread. I think for me, it was kind of the classic early twenties of like, I don't know what I want to do. Cause I was going to originally, you know, be a lawyer. Then I was like, ah, I don't really want to do that. Then I was like going to go work in government and I wanted to like, you know, save the world kind of a thing. And, um, you know, I realized the bureaucracy of the government made that really difficult. And so I ended up in business, which like, I guess is maybe the antithesis of that, I guess, depending on how you look at it. And so, yeah, but it's been a good time. It's worked out so far, which is good. That's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I mean, all of that uh, experience with bureaucracy has set you up for being uh, the, the perfect CEO. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's funny because like I was telling you before we started recording, it's we've gone from a world of like being frantic. Oh my God, we got to get this done. Everything's going to fail to like, it's no longer like a quick failure, right? Like it's now, now it would be a slow failure and it's, it's overwhelming rather than frantic because you're in this situation where you're sitting there and you're like, well, like it's the end of the quarter too. And we're recording this. And so it's like one of those (laughs) sitting there and you're like, Oh man, like we don't have this training thing none of these people know or like, well, if we put that policy in place, everyone's going to like overthink it. And then they're going to, there's an unintended consequence to that. And it's just a lot of like overthinking. Um, but I think if we're thoughtful about things, like it'll, it'll make it not bureaucratic, but I don't know, it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting time, especially as we get to about a hundred people this year. Yeah. That's uh that's a fast rise. It's a lot of growing pain. Yeah. So, um, so normally I would ask uh, somebody who comes on, uh, you know, about uh, a SaaS marketing insight. But the problem with you guys is that, you know, you're, you've really stepped up your content. You're like a content machine now. And in fact, you know, you have tons of insights. In fact, all you do is insights. So uh, I saw you speak at uh, Hypergrowth last September in San Francisco. Um, and it was amazing, you know, the, the data, the, the analysis that you, that, that you provided. And I won't go into what it was about because it was just one aspect. But I think you guys are famous for your, you know, pricing page teardowns. Uh, you've got a 60-second uh, news thing going on. So, uh, and and best of all, I think was uh, some research that you did. I, I, I can't remember how how uh, long ago it was um, that compared uh, paid acquisition versus. Uh, content marketing mm. uh, and I think your, your your finding was that uh, typically paid acquisition cost thirty percent more than than content so in the in the context of you guys you know you're, you're like this content marketing machine now and I just wondered um, you know if you had uh, any insights or, or remarks or comments about you know your, your thinking behind that and, and what you'd seen from research you'd done that kind of led you to, to take that particular path. Yeah. You're making me tell all the secrets, huh? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I think we are, um, yeah. So let me, let me kind of back up here because it gets into, so we're, we're the way we look at it. And I think we're comfortable talking about this now because we're kind of getting ahead um, of things. We finally feel like we have a pretty good footing, not a true footing, but a pretty good footing, just to be clear. Um, 
it, we're, we're basically building a media company as our main marketing arm. And the reason for this was um, it started with data that you're referring to where, um, you know, content marketing has kind of always been known as like a better, you know, CAC model, right? Because theoretically it's like evergreen for most of the types of content. You can kind of put it out there. You can kind of understand what's going on. Um, and ultimately what ends up happening is you, you know, you, you kind of build like a brand, if you will, with it, right? Um, but we kind of took this a step further where we started off asking a couple questions around, okay, so what would I have to do to email you every day and not piss you off, right? Um, and what would I have to, like as a, as a subscriber, right? And what would I have to do in order to, you know, basically kind of like get you into a point where you were like sharing our content more and stuff like that. And I think that we started researching media companies and what we found is that media companies in particular are really, really good about keeping your attention, right? One, it's like the actual content. Like if you're a finance or a news person, you're looking at the Wall Street Journal, you're looking at Bloomberg, whatever it is. But if you're, you know, kind of looking at, you know, tech, you might get the hustle or tech crunch or, you know, any of these yeah. particular types of pieces of content. And so we started kind of thinking through, what that would look like and what we would need to do in order to make that happen. And um, then we started looking at the cost model too and started thinking about, well, what would it take in order to basically reduce the cost of this whole like production, right? So I'm in like our studio right now and, you know, I'm surrounded by at this point thousands of dollars of equipment, right? But that equipment, it, what it's done is it basically reduced the cost of basically getting us to a point where we can shoot a season of a show a series, if you will, um, which is about 13 episodes, um, we can do that essentially in the same amount of budget that it would take for us to produce an offer, like an ebook of some sort, like a good ebook, not like, hey, we took a blog post and made it a PDF kind of a thing. And so that's really what guided us. And so I would say that there's a lot of problems you don't think about. Like, you're not used to receiving multiple blog posts from us. Like, how do we do that, right? How do we do that to not aggravate you? How do we give you enough options? Um, like our managed preferences is all screwed up. Uh, so we're still trying to figure a lot of that stuff out. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where we've seen, you know, even we kind of found out that even if we were going to fail from the media perspective, um, we were succeeding from the perspective of like just brand, you know, people were like, Oh, holy cow. Like you went through this effort. Right. Um, and so now we're trying to like raise the bar and trying to get to like some really, really kind of fascinating content versus, you know, some of the content that we produced. Yeah. Because, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, and certainly your content isn't like this, but you know, there's a lot of dross kind of content around, isn't there? Everybody's like just churning stuff out and it's, you know, used to be that you could get away with, you know, a blog article that's 500 words or whatever. And now it has to be 2000, it has to be in depth, but all of that's just nonsense in terms of SEO. I mean, the, the key question is, you know, are you adding value? Is it, is it good? You know, is it something that people, you know, want to read or want to watch? Uh, and, you know, what you guys are doing now is just setting yourself up as, you know, the authority on uh, subscriptions. Uh, you know, whether it's like churn, retention, recognition, um, you know, the, the whole piece really. And, and I think yeah. that's the, the bit that jump, jumps out with me and, and you, you know, you're doing it very quickly uh, and you've obviously put a lot of time and, and, and resource behind that. Um, and, it, you know, it's a tough thing to do. It's a tough thing to, to scale any kind of, of marketing, but uh, standards are actually very high now. So when you're, yeah. when you're trying to produce something which is, 
almost like a TV show, some of the quality of what you guys are doing at the moment. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's just very time consuming. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things too, where we, there's, there's ways, and I don't want to get too deep into this because unfortunately it's like, we're seeing other companies start to do like this. Yeah. And we're trying to, yeah. you know, we're not, we're not quite dominating it yet. And like, as soon as we dominate, we'll write the whole thing and everyone can copy it. That kind of a thing. <laughs> but, uh, it, there's ways that you can reduce like the time there's ways. And if you thought about this, you know, you would, you would kind of figure a lot of those things out. And I think that, um, and if you watch our shows closely, you'll pick up on cues. But I think that what we, what the biggest struggle has been is like, we started thinking about what kind of content do we go after with this? Right. So people have always known us for like good, deep content. Right. And so what we did is we started just like literally just taking our blog posts and making them into videos. Right. And what did that look like? And then the other thing that we started doing was taking, you know, what, what kind of comp or what kind of like series could we do that were, we'd like to call it bottom of the top of the funnel content. So this is almost middle of the funnel content, like pricing pitch teardown. If you're not interested in pricing, like it's not, you're not going to like look at it. Right. Um, or like profit well report, which is our benchmark show. Like if you're not into subscription benchmarks, like it's not that interesting. Right. Mm. And we're trying to punch up towards, we're trying to start there and like punch then back up to the top of the funnel. Right. So we've started to produce, um, we had a, a pilot season of something called protect the hustle, which was interviews with CEOs or executives and talking about, you know, a whole host of things and a whole host of topics. And we had, you know, an A episode, which was kind of like, you know, a classic interview, but we did it in a little bit of a different fashion. So it wasn't just like, hey, I'm just interviewing the person. There was like commentary and things like that. And then we had a B episode, which was kind of like a vlog almost. And so, um, yeah, and so we're, we're doing more of that. And then we have another show where we've, we've been shooting this documentary series for, I mean, technically it's been two years we've been shooting it. So it's like, it's time to get wow. out there. We're... <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's probably not, it's not going to be amazing probably. We'll see. But like, um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like starting with what makes sense. Right. Uh, I was giving some advice to a company today who wanted to do like series and stuff like that. And I was talking to them about, Hey, like you shouldn't be like starting with the like Netflix series that you want to produce, like start with like the easy stuff that, mm. you know, you know, your base is going to like, because you're going to have to figure out so much stuff around look, feel and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, that, that's hard. And, you know, the bar is just getting higher and higher. I was interested uh, in um, how you measure the value of what you're doing because, you know, I'm a old school pay-per-click guy. I can, I can pretty much measure the value of everything that I do for clients. But in yeah. terms of attribution with, with content, it, you know, it's, it's much harder to measure, isn't it? Yeah, and I'll be, I'll be very frank. We're not great at that like connecting that dot that final yeah. dot there i think what we look at um so we have really good like did they see pieces of content before they converted yeah. um, and how many pieces of content so we have numbers on that um but i think it's one of those things where when we look at like we think of about it as a product right and so that product has a purpose like this is what content is to us it's a product and, and that product has a purpose and that purpose isn't always going to be purely measurable through the entire funnel. Um, sometimes like, you know, you have to like have different standards. So some of the standards we have is, you know, what's engagement look like, right? So, you know, if we continue to do X, Y, and Z, does the engagement, you know, stay great? Um, if we don't do X, Y, and Z, does the engagement tank? We look at how many pieces of content a week on average do people look at, right? 
Um, and you're always going to have like a long tail, right? Where there's like hyper, you know, focused users who are deeper in the funnel. And then you're going to have kind of your, like your standard users who aren't buyers or maybe are buyers and, and kind of go from there. So yeah, it's one of those things that we kind of think about um, and, and kind of rock from. Yeah. Well, you're a very data-driven organization. So if anyone's going to uh, <laughs> understand that, that problem, I think it's going to be you guys. <laughs> yeah, we try to. We try to at least. Um, we're not as like I almost cringe when you say that because it's like I, I feel like sometimes we're we're like really we're data driven to a fault, and then sometimes yeah. we're not data driven enough. It's always like one of yeah. those things. But it's directional, you know. Uh, you, you're not yeah. obsessed about it. You know, you see it's going in the right direction. Totally. Uh, you have enough data. You know, you can't get it to the nth degree. I mean, otherwise, no one would always. ever do anything. <laughs> always okay so final question uh patrick because uh it's friday night in boston and uh <laughs> there's probably a, a pint on a bar with your name on it somewhere <laughs> uh, so you know here you are you're ceo of this business it's growing like crazy uh you do a lot of public speaking uh you're talking to idiots like me on podcasts <laughs> how, Come do, on now. How, how do you have time to to, to do all of this and, and how do you manage your time you know how, how do you do you have any Very coping cool. mechanisms um that's a great question i think um so i don't have any kids which i think helps <laughs> <laughs> you already have kids too late no I, I think um i've been getting a lot better at this i'm not great at this i'm a very like just all in, like I will give up anything for the thing I'm working on, which I don't think is necessarily like marathon healthy. It's very sprint healthy, if that makes sense. So, you know, just to be frank, like I've gained a hundred pounds the past six and a half years building this company. And so um, I'm working on like getting that off now. But um, the, the things I've started focusing on is um, I, I really started focusing on like really small things, like, you know, those 1% improvements. So for me, it was, you know, things like I got a sleep mask, right? So my sleep can be better and it's not going to be better every night because I'm stressed out or something like that, but like, it's going to be better more, right? I try to like, you know, just follow basic, like basic things you've heard everywhere. Like, you know, no blue light two hours before bed or an hour before bed, that kind of thing. I think in terms of like, you know, time management, I've also started to be really aggressive with my calendar. So I was telling you like today was a, like a very long day because I take all of my meetings and I've started putting them on Fridays. So all of my one-on-ones are Fridays. Um, any like, um, you know, catch up type stuff is on Fridays. Um, and then anything that's like mission critical is, is during the week. But um, I make sure that basically between I don't know, 8 a.m. and at least noon, I have nothing except what I need to work on. And I try to like defend that time to the death essentially. So I think that stuff helps. And these are all like basic things I'm sure people have heard of. But I also think it's like, I love what I do. And I think a lot of people, they don't feel like they're getting enough done. They don't feel like, you know, things are going well. And in some of those people, it's just, they need to flip the switch a little bit in their mind about everything's going to take longer than you think. Um, you're not failing. You're just, you know, you know, you're just going to take a little bit longer, which is everyone, right? Um, and then other people, they just don't love what they do. Um, and they don't love it. And they think there's too much expectation building in their head. Um, and they need to find something else to do, either a different product, a different space, a different partner, all those different things. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how helpful that was, but that's kind of like what I latch onto, if you will. And I also think it's just super important. Like I, you know, I take almost every interview just because I think that 
I learn a ton, you know, from, from like talking to cool folks. And then I also, you know, even learn like a lot by like, Oh, that's a question I haven't been asked for before. So <laughs> I gave an answer. Maybe it's a good answer. Maybe it's not, but now I'm going to go reflect on the answer. And then that makes me better. Wow. Patrick, thank you very much. I really do uh, appreciate your time. Uh, Absolutely. That's it. It's time to go to the pub. We're done. Thank you. Time for the pub. Awesome, man. <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks very much. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Patrick. For more info on ProfitWell, please visit www.profitwell.com. For more info about this show and to get our links to iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher and YouTube, check out www.47insights.com. And if you have any SaaS marketing insights that you'd like to share on the show, please get in touch. Until next time.